Chapter Fifteen of Kabumpo in Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen The Sandman Takes a Hand. Someone was coming toward the palace. A little gray cloaked old gentleman, a surprisingly quick and nimble old gentleman springing from cloud to cloud and pausing now and then to straighten a huge sack he carried over his left shoulder he was so busy admiring the lovely sky colors behind him and waving merrily at the fluffy cloud figures above his head that he did not see ozma's shining palace until he was almost upon it stars murmured the little old gentleman balancing perilously on the very edge of a silver cloud another air castle how delightful i shall jump right through it gathering himself together he leaped straight toward the window out of which dorothy and ozma and the others were looking with a soft thud he struck the emerald setting just above the window and down tumbled his sack opening as it fell and filling the air with clouds of silver sand down tumbled the little old gentleman turning over and over and finally landing on a blankety white cloud far below all of this dorothy saw and was about to ask ozma what it could mean when an overpowering drowsiness stole over her before she could speak her eyes closed and she sank backward into a big armchair trot and betsy bobbin with two little sighs crumpled down to the floor the head of sir hokus dropped heavily on the sill and not even in pokes had he snored so lustily ozma slipped gently down beside betsy and trot and in a moment there was not a person awake in that whole big palace even the little mice in the kitchen were fast asleep with heads on their paws did i say everyone well not quite everyone had fallen under the strange spell tick-tock scraps and the scarecrow who had never slept in their lives were still wide awake and regarding their companions with astonishment and alarm the tin woodman was taking things calmly oiling up his joints and polishing his tin jacket with silver polish this is no time to sleep cried the scarecrow shaking sir hokus i say wake up but all their efforts to arouse their companions were in vain enchantment said the copper man some with a click and a whir tick-tock's machinery ran down and as scraps and the scarecrow were too upset to think of winding him he stood as silent and dumb as the rest what shall we do cried the scarecrow seizing scraps's arm jump out of the window and go for help or stay here and guard the palace scraps looked out the window stay here shuddered the patchwork girl drawing in her head quickly then said the scarecrow let us arm ourselves and prepare to withstand any attack he snatched up a pair of fire tongs and scraps grasped the poker falling into step the two marched from the top to the bottom of the palace everywhere the same sight met their gaze 
rooms turned topsy-turvy and spread over floors and sofas and chairs the sleeping figures of Ozma's once lively courtiers and servants. The effect was so distressing that Scraps and the Scarecrow found themselves whispering and treading about on tiptoe. After inspecting the whole palace, they returned to Dorothy's room and placed themselves disconsolately in the doorway. "'Anyway, Ruggedo is quiet,' sighed the Scarecrow. "'And that is something.' Scraps started to make a verse, but the silence and the ghost-like atmosphere of the sleeping palace had dashed even the spirits of the patchwork girl, and she subsided with an indistinct mumble. Ruggedo was silent for a very good reason. Ruggedo was asleep, too. Asleep sitting up as stiff as a stone image, for even in his sleep he dreamed of the dreaded bombardment of eggs. All this had happened because the little man in grey had taken Ozma's palace for an air castle, and who could blame him for that? Even the Sandman would not expect to find a regular palace set among the clouds. There are plenty of dream castles, to be sure, and one of the Sandman's chief delights is to jump through them and admire their lovely furniture. But sure enough, castles, the little fellow could not get over it. Sitting cross-legged on the white cloud, which floated close to Ruggedo's head, he stared and stared. "'Well, I never!' chuckled the Sandman, and turned a somersault for very amazement. Then, not knowing what else to do or think, he sensibly decided to hurry home and tell the whole affair to his wife. His empty bag he found on a tall treetop, and without one backward glance he bounded into the air and disappeared. Really, it was quite lucky the little old gentleman spilled his bag of sand where he did, for the only safe giant is a sleeping giant, and while Ozma and her friends lay dreaming, they could not worry. "'Will they sleep forever?' sighed Scraps, after she and the Scarecrow had sat silently for an hour. "'Seems likely,' said the Scarecrow gloomily. "'But even if they do—he plucked three straws from his chest—we shall stick to our post to the very end.' The Scarecrow regarded the sleeping figures of the little girls affectionately. "'To the end of forever?' gulp scraps putting her cotton finger in her mouth how long is that that said the scarecrow resignedly and settling himself comfortably is what we shall soon see end of chapter 15